Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi villains and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. It's Neil and Paddy again and I just have to have a small bit of a confession beforehand. Not only did I shear my locks last night or, or today, which is well needed, first time in about four months, but uh, I always get nervous whenever we have the start of the podcast because I spend a whole lot of the intro reading the intro cards to make sure I didn't make a balls of any of the spellings. So uh, it's always a little, a little kind of... Uh, how will I put it? A little win for me when I make sure, when I see that I don't see I don't see any any spelling mistakes. But then today, then I look at it and it says Villa under eighteen, and there's no S at the end. So I don't know whether that's put me in bad form or not. Or if I didn't even say it, I don't know whether people even have noticed that it happened. But look, ah, you couldn't all, be in bad form today. You couldn't. No, you couldn't. But we're all about transparency. That's why I said I wanted to bring it up, Paddy, and just let people know about the stupid things that go through my mind in that 30 seconds of an intro. But yes, you mentioned we couldn't be in bad bad form today, Paddy, because uh, we've seen a fantastic performance against an old rival in an FA Cup semi-final, uh, Aston Villa under-18s, uh, one of the canter against uh, West Brom tonight. Some great performances some, from the big boys that that, uh, that just came to play tonight. And uh, looking forward to an FA Cup final, which is a great thing for this whole club, Paddy. Of course it is. Of course it is. I think it's ten years since we were in it, or there, thereabouts. Anyway, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I think it's a fitting way to end the season for 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 these guys who were thrown in at the deep end in January to play against Liverpool's first team in the real FA Cup to now get to the FA Cup final against Liverpool yeah. at their own age group. So, um, and it it would be it'd be hard to see them go in as anything other than favourites, but. That remains to be seen. The match will be played at Villa Park on a date to be confirmed. But uh, yeah, let's go back and talk about tonight because it's it's something to behold. Absolutely, you know the the team was named, and there was a lot of a lot of firepower in that team. There was a lot of big names in the team. Obviously, you know we we alluded to some of them last night in our in our post Everton game uh, podcast when we spoke about like say Philip Marshall. You know, England under 18 goalkeeper in and around that squad. Uh, you know, you've got you the two Dutch boys, two centre halves in in Swinkles and uh, and Bogard. Uh, obviously somebody that Villa fans are really, really um excited about Ken Hayden Kessler started at right back and uh, left back was Seb Revan, who uh, at one stage tonight nearly scored a crack of a free kick from about 35 yards. So, you know, even that, that back four was 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 quite tasty and definitely had an attacking impetus. Midfield, the unsung hero for me for a lot of tonight was Hayden Lindley. Um, uh, I, I, I likened him to David Batty. He really doesn't care if he kicks you first. He really doesn't care. Like, he's, <laughs> he's disregard for human life, that man does. And, and you know what? 
there's a place for them in in the football field as well. But you had Lindley, Lindley which allowed the likes of Carney Chukmwanka to go forward, um, and um, and uh, Arjun Recky was in was in there as well. Um, I'm trying to think. God, you had uh, you had Redden then was on one wing, and uh, Louis Barry on the other wing with Brad uh, with Brad Young up front, and you know the big boys came to play tonight because. As I say, it was a four-one win against West Brom, and our, our like there was there was some real, real there was some of our main men that scored. Should I say with Carney scoring a beauty? And uh, we'll come back. and We'll talk a small bit about that. Louis Barry just scored one from something on the right or overs. It was just a fantastic shot. You got Brad Young got on the score sheet as well, and then there was obviously an own goal, which if the defender didn't get his toe to it, Carney would have just poked it home anyway himself. Yeah, so yeah, you know, yeah. the big boys came to play tonight. As I say, I think that's my third time saying it. We're only four minutes into the podcast, but I think it was true. I think so too. Um, <clears throat> I have to admit, I only saw the second half due to uh, prior commitments. <laughs> um, I was doing. A, I have to do a bit of coaching every now and again. So uh, I, I arrived in a half time, um, and my my son was beaming from ear to ear watching the game. So uh, it was, uh, you know, it was great to see. Um, just a quick one on Kessler. How many times did he prop up in the box? <laughs> In the opposition box, yeah. and he was going, Oh, is this fella playing out of position? It's incredible. He's, he's some engine on him, absolutely some engine. Um, you know, he, he gets up and down that line. You know, it's like something you'd see, he wouldn't be a miss of, of, of a player in the Leeds team. He's just yes. a bundle and bundle of energy. Like, mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, great, great hopes for him. I'd like to see him a little bit more defensive minded if he's going to play it right back, but. Maybe right back is in his position. We'll find out in years to come. Absolutely, absolutely. Like there was one actually. Let, let's talk about Ken Egan Kessler because he is somebody that's on uh, on a lot of fans' radars. And uh, what I what kind of in the first half as well, I thought was really really interesting is he's just kind of he's kind of more just given a free roll at right back. It's a really really strange uh, situation to see because what we saw was when we were playing out from the fence that our two uh, our two center halves they actually pulled very far apart. And gave the goalkeeper the option to pass the ball to them. You know that's not that's not uncommon. But what was uncommon was that Kane Hayden Kester almost wrapped around and came into playing that Douglas Louise position, standing there to take the ball from the goalkeeper as it was played out in that pivot position. And like I don't know whether that was part of the game plan or was it just something he decided to do. But it was really strange for your fullback to end up in that position. And I don't know if it's because they obviously trust him because he's a leader, he's the captain of the team. He's also yeah. really good with the ball at his feet. And um, while I do think he gave the ball away a bit in the first half, you know, he was absolutely really diligent in his uh, in his defensive duties and uh, popped up in the box at one stage and had the keeper made a really good save. The keeper, who's a, who the, the commentator has mentioned, was the distant relative of Arthur Boric, uh, the West Brom goalkeeper. But they were unwilling cousin, to cut... Hmm? His cousin, I think? Yeah, but they said he was a distant cousin. They were unwilling to commit oh, to right, how... Okay. How heavily related he was to Arthur Boric, you know, uh, uh, as well. But uh, yeah, you know, Kane Hayden Kessler, captain, fantastic. You know, he's going to captain the team in. Um, he's going to captain the team in an FA Cup final. And look, you know, he's only seventeen years of age, and he's he's shown that type of maturity throughout the whole course of this season as yeah. well. And it's ended him up on the on the bench for Aston Villa too. Um, but let's talk about the first goal, Paddy. I know you may not. I know you probably only seen it back, as you say, because you were. You were doing your your solemn duty of coaching kids to this this evening, and fair play to you. The next batch that are going to make it over to Villa Park from Ireland, uh, you were coaching with the help of God. Uh, but um, Carney Chukwuenka was he, he he walked around that field today in second gear, and he was still absolutely majestic when he's out there. I've said it before; he strides around that field like. Like Patrick Vieira, you don't even think he's moving quickly. He moves like he just glides across the field. Six foot whatever he is, he looked like a man amongst boys there tonight. And his first goal today, he picks the ball up. There was a bit of a bit of indecision in West Brom, um, in the West Brom back line. The ball gets played down the wing. I think it was to Louis Barry and Louis Barry. Was that a Louis Barry or, Bar- or Brad Young? And they play it back to him. And the second Carney gets it, he almost knows that he scored straight away. It takes one, two touches just from the edge of the box. I just slams it home, like, like even even th- just the technique for the shot to to take a shot and for it to go that height 
all the way from start to finish. It's just like the technique for that is just absolutely amazing. Beat the goalkeeper at his near post. Most people say a goalkeeper should never have been beaten. The goalkeeper wasn't getting anywhere near that shot. It was just, it was brilliant. Second he picked it up, I, I knew he was going to score. And so did he. He's he's just a joy to watch, Paddy, isn't he? Oh, he is. He's an, he's an incredible footballer. And, you know, I think the one thing to be mindful of here is that these are all minors. They're all under 18 players. Some of them are 18, obviously, but their class is under 18 players. Um, they need to keep their feet on the ground. And he just strikes me of a guy that nothing will ever phase him. There's a couple of them around him that I'd be a bit worried about, and hopefully they won't uh, attract too many hangers on. He doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. Um, I just think he's going to be... Um, Similar to what you mentioned there, Patrick Vieira, he just glides across the turf. He's, he's a fantastic player, and uh, nothing seems to phase him. He doesn't get uh, he doesn't get into any trouble on the ball. He's just always in control. Um, you know, there's there's a huge future ahead, and he's so young. It's incredible, and uh, you know, it, it, it's amazing. He's been on the bench so many times, and you know, in fairness, this, this is their bread and butter. We want to see them win this cup, so you know. He's there at our disposal if needed, I suppose. And so far, he hasn't been needed. Um, and probably getting to this final probably means <laughs> he won't be used at all. But look, he, he'll, he'll get his chance. And he'll get many a chance to prove himself at, at a, a senior level. Because I think I think the, the whole world is sitting up looking to see what his next move is. Because there was a lot of rumblings about him not staying with Villa. But, you know... If, if ever you were a young lad looking around you of where to be and looking at the, the likes of Keenan Davis and Jacob Ramsey and, and Jack Grealish and these players that have come through our academy, JPB. you know, this, this is, this is where you need to be. This, this is where someone can grow and learn. And, you know, it will be a seamless transition into the first team for, for, for a player like him. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, you know, and I, I think the discussions, you know, a lot of the paper talk that's been there of yes, he wants to go to Bayern Munich and, and so on, and following the footsteps of, um, I, I'm going to butcher that guy's name, the 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 English guy that's that was playing with them, that is or was playing with England. That's now I think he's after, um, changing allegiance to to Germany. Is it Musiala or something? I I, I can't I can't pronounce his name, but Bayern Munich are giving people because they win the league at a canter every single year. They can yeah. give these kids a, a break and and you know yeah. that's the, the German league obviously we've got Jordan Santo, Sancho over there as well and a couple of more like Reese Oxford has gone over and played with Augsburg. You and know Jude a lot Bellingham. of these yeah. Jude Bellingham yeah there's a lot of a lot of British players and English players in particular that have gone over there to mm. um earn their stripes you know but Aston Villa can just as easily do that, you know, with the model that they're trying to implement. And, and uh, yeah, I think, let's just say, Kearney could go out, could bow out of underage football on a high by winning the FA Cup this year because, let's face it, next year he's not going to be playing in our academy system at all. He's going to be playing for a senior club somewhere. And, look, mm -hmm. I, I think he's going to be in around the Villa squad next year. Could save us a couple of million, you know, absolutely. Oh, hey, why not play? Yeah. Look, who's to say he doesn't he doesn't take over that Ross Barkley role? I don't know. He, he wore number ten tonight, you know. So he wore number ten <laughs> tonight. In there on Sunday, that'd be my uh, that'd be my ticket on it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> at, 18, at eighteen years of age, I played two games in twenty-four hours, let alone forty-eight hours. So yeah, yeah. Go, and then you, for it, man, take every opportunity. Absolutely, you played two games in twenty-four hours, and another five more on your head. Then later on, when you came home, <laughs> so it's uh, you know, that's that's the way it goes. But then again, you know, um, we well, well, I was never as highly thought of as Kenny Chukwuenko, uh, so uh, um, but he he was fantastic tonight. You know, himself and Louis Barry link up really, really well, and it's those kind of um. Those kind of, uh, I suppose, that, that kind of chemistry, you know, can be very, uh, very good to see there because they're two guys that Aston Villa are, like it or not, Aston Villa are probably going to, those two players, youth players, are probably going to dictate to a certain extent some of Aston Villa's transfer dealings over the next year or two. I'm not going to say that they're going to dictate them this summer, but but very much so, they might dictate maybe the age of a player that they bring in in those two positions because they know they've got two live wires on their hands uh, coming through coming through the academy. And everybody's searching for that bit of gold dust to come through their academy. And, you know, a team like Villa can't afford to lose those guys without at least bringing them into the, into the first team. Are they yeah. going to be here for 10, 15 years? 
Who knows? But the biggest thing here is that we don't lose them like a Jude Bellingham, like a Jordan Sancho before we ever get to see them in our senior squad. Otherwise, we're wasting our time with our academy. Absolutely wasting our time. 20 million for those kids. Just Aston Villa for uh, for the club that they are. They need to see them in their in their um, in their senior team. They need to see them in their senior squad because that validates the effort that's been put in. We're not a club who who wants to see that twenty two million come in like like Birmingham did for Jude Bellingham. Um, or you know we don't need we. It's not a bad thing, you know. We're not going to turn it down, but mm. for the club itself to validate the effort and and what they've put in and the fact that they're going to bring in this new inner city uh, inner city training facility as well for inner city kids to try and unearth all of the talent we possibly can within Birmingham. This is the mo of the of the the youth setup at the moment, and and it's great to see and. Louis Barry got the second goal for Aston Villa tonight and uh, answers on a postcard if anybody has ever has ever taken a shot as good as that in their lives because like genuinely that was right or over stuff like it's absolutely absolutely incredible the trajectory of the ball hitting it with the inside of his foot to the far post you know literally (laughs) aimed for the post like the way it goes right between the post where the post joins the net is where it hits like brilliant Um, but Louis has, Louis has, you know, on that point, a finger at him. He has had his problems this this year with injury mm-hmm. and and form. And you know, I think I said in the previous podcast that I didn't think he was ready. I still don't think he's completely ready. I don't think he's doing it enough on a weekly basis. But there's no question that the talent is there, and it's it's probably just a little bit raw, like like it is with some of them at that age. Like it's very rare you see the likes of a Wayne Rooney coming in and playing age 16. You know, it it is extremely rare. But, you know, these guys are not far off playing first-team football. Whether it's first-team football on loan next year, maybe. That might be the way forward, like like they did with Jack all those years ago, Um, and and have them, you know, hardened and ready to to slot into the first-team setup next year. Which is probably the best way of looking at it from my point of view, mm. but I think I think I I would like to see Carney get a game before the end of the season, because I think of all of them, he's the one that's ready. Mm. He's you a man among spies. He really yeah, is. I I really don't think stepping into the fourth team is going to phase him in any way. Um, the rest of them are just just a little bit. I don't know whether it's naivety or rawness or what it is. But it's just you know you knew you were what you knew you were watching a kid play football, and don't get me wrong, there's sometimes I'd, I'd rather watch an under tens game than watch a Premier League game, and you know you're just you're just watching kids going out having fun, and mm-hmm. you know some of them there tonight just looked exactly like that. I'm I'm not liking them to a ten year old. I'm just saying it's it's just a naivety of being a 17, 18 year old, and, and you know they're playing on the big stage, they're playing in Villa Park, they've got to an FA Cup final. At, at a time where we can actually put fans in the stadium and the mm. final is going to be held in, in, in Villa Park. So it's great for them. It's absolutely fantastic. And uh, yeah, I, I, I just hope that they don't uh, rush it through really quick to let the, let the league finish and, and have a good L showpiece for this one, I think. Yeah, and I, I agree with what you said there. There aren't too many um, Wayne Rooney's that you see out there, Phil Foden's. You know, that's why yeah. people talk so highly of these players is because they don't come around. The Raheem Sterling's. Um, and you know, the, the the pressure to start those players, like you even go back further. And I know this is a time when maybe sports science wasn't at its highest. Of Mike Lone started when he was in it was seventeen. Realistically, he was finished by the time he was twenty seven because his mm. legs couldn't take it anymore. And like you look at Louis Barry for all the fantastic talent and like I've waxed lyrically about his goal there and everything. One thing I don't like, I don't know why, but I don't like the Alice band. Nothing to do with it. I don't mind it on other players. I just don't think it suits him from fashion standpoint. I don't think it suits Jack. Yeah, it's not long enough for something to wait until it becomes long. Speaking from a man who had longer hair than you did, Louis Barry, up until this morning, and from a man who once Andre Gomez's hair is as well well documented. Um, give it a few more weeks, maybe a, maybe a month or two. You know, grow it out a small bit. Realistically, your hair isn't going to go down too much. But I'm only joking. I jest, Lou. I jest. You're a fantastic player, and uh, you know, in time to come, you're going to be a, a, an absolute gem. You're a gem already, and and you know, there's a there's um there's uh, hundreds of thousands of Aston Villa fans all over the world. Uh, you know, absolutely delighted that you're part of our club. And let's not forget, this was a quote unquote revenge game for Louis Barry today because uh, obviously coming from the West Brom uh, Academy 
uh, you know, and, and and he now playing for his his boyhood club. Um, the, it, it's great to see. But you mentioned players uh, like I, you were talking about Wayne Rooney, somebody who does have the kind of the physical stature, almost the boldness of Wayne Rooney was playing up front tonight and he led the line really well in the number nine position. And somebody I think that kind of gets lost in the shuffle, he's had a lot of, he scored quite a lot of goals this season. I think that was his 14th goal this season. Brad Young, you know, he's uh, he gets a boat up there. He makes some beautiful runs, you know, he just, he he's like a fella and, and, and he could be anything, you know, he could be a Premier League striker, absolutely could, but he's yeah. like a fella that you see that, that becomes like a, I'm just going to pick a club out of the top of my head. This is not, this is not predicting where he ends up in the, in the football pyramid, but like that he becomes a hero at like a Burton Albion or something like that. Play goals, plays 200 games from scores, 176 goals and, and, and stays with them for seven or eight years. And, you know, he just, I think he has it. I think he has goal scoring in, I think he's a professional footballer all day long um, and well into his career. I think he has a full and a long career in, in, in professional football, just because you look at his physical makeup, he's five foot nine. He's about like looking at him. He's, you know, you can see he's fully formed in around the calves and the tie areas and stuff like that. Um, and as I said, he has that bit of bold, that bit of boldness about him. You can, you can kind of see he's up for a bit of mischief if he needs to, uh, <laughs> like he'd be the first person in, I'd say, no, oh, if there was a scrap in, in, in the middle of the field, but that's what you need. You need fighters. You yeah. need scrappers. I said it about Hayden Lindley as well. You know, you need guys who are there to 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 be the, be the guts and glory as well and look yeah. it's 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 always a plus point like for Brad Young when he can stick the ball in the back of the net as well because they're too, they're not to a penny out there you know they're you they're difficult you need, difficult you need characters fight. of that ilk that were you know yeah. not afraid to put a boot in not afraid to stand up for themselves not a not afraid to complain to the referee we saw Jack last night absolutely lose his shit at the referee and we've been lacking that for the last thirteen games. You know, yeah. and it, it's important to have a leader in that. Like, there's different types of leaders on the pitch, and I think Jack is the only one that gives us that. That he that he that he let the referee know what what he thinks of him and and, and what he thinks of the decision, and that, and we've probably missed out on that the last few games when when there's been a couple of penalties and decisions against us that we weren't happy with. Um, but uh, I like Brad Young. I think he's a former pupil at uh, West Brom. If I'm not, I don't know why I have that in my head. I think he did play for West Brom at one stage, so I'm sure I'm that would have been. Sure. I know sure that, that he's had. I know he's had a, had a massive return to form because uh, he had quite a quite a you know a scary incident in June of last year. Did he uh, June of 2020? I think he was actually stabbed, and uh, you know obviously it wasn't life threatening. He's recovered. He's got to bang in 14 goals this season, so shows the character of the kid. You know to be able to do that. Yeah. So, um, but I'm I'm not quite sure if he came through West Brom. Um, sometimes it can be very difficult to find out the the past histories, especially of under 14, 15, 16 of these kids. But um, if anybody out there knows it, you know, put your answers in a postcard for the love of Paul McGrath podcast, Ireland. Uh, the world will probably get to us, and uh, you know we'd be delighted to we'd be delighted to know any of the background that you guys have on some of these kids as well, because they are a sparkling bunch, as we say. And Brad Young got our fourth goal to to cap it all off. I thought he was very industrious um, throughout the course of the game tonight. You know he closed people down, and as I say, he's running off the shoulder and trying to get in around to the back post. Is uh, yeah. it's it's there's there's a naturalness about that that that, that can't be underestimated. I and think if you get a, if you get a chance have a look at his goal again but as you're looking at it watch his arms he's mm. telling Louis Barry exactly where he wants the ball yeah Louis Barry puts a pinpoint exactly where it needs to be and he finishes it so easily yeah. if you, yeah. it just it just goes to show that if, if you have that um energy between two players and uh they they, they gel so well together you, you can you can score such simple goals by just doing the right thing with the final ball yeah if only I'd love to be. I'd love to know can Louis Barry play on the right wing? Could you imagine Jack Carney, Louis Louis Barry? Is your is your three behind Ollie Watkins or another striker up there? Or whatever. Oh yeah. my God, that would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice to see. That would be vindication, wouldn't it? For 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 the academy system. But um, we mentioned as well that there was a um there was no goal in the middle in the middle of it. Just very very touching on it very very briefly. Um. Ingram, the right back, or the yeah, the right back for for West Brom. In fairness, like he took the throw, he, if he couldn't have done any more to not score yeah. an own goal, but ended up scoring an own goal. Took the throw, Manny threw the ball to 
couldn't control it. Villa break, Villa win the ball. They break down then at where he should, where uh, Ingram should have been is right back. He busts an absolute nut to get back at at Louis Barry. Puts in a, a kind of gets enough on 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 him to be able to kind of put him off on, on crossing it, but he does get the cross back. It does break in break in then towards the towards the goal to where Kanye Chukwuenka is going to, and your man gets up again, and his thunderous effort is like the effort of endeavor was brilliant. But what does he do? Yeah. He just gets it and pokes it past his goalkeeper into the back of net, and I was like going, "Oh my god!" Like you, there's two ways of looking at that. You could say that's a calamity of errors from him, but absolutely not. He did everything in his power not to concede a goal and he ended up being the one to concede it and i kind of felt sorry for him because you could see it in his face he, he felt embarrassed because of the way it happened but like yeah. one of one of his own players lifted him up and you kind of i kind of felt I, I i thought that was good that the player that his own players didn't kind of leave mm-hmm. him on the ground because they said they knew they saw listen you broke your nuts there to try and get back at that but unfortunately look that that was the third goal and that really put the game to bed i think for um for for the tie uh because while uh, we completely forgot to talk about West Brom's goal, which was an absolute. Uh, I, I still don't know what happened there. I think it was just a communication mix up between Philip Marshall and uh, and Sprinkles, but uh, that was completely against the run of play. Um, mm. uh, you know, I was trying very hard to listen when I watched it again because there was no crowd and no crowd noise to see was there a call. There's definitely a shout, I don't know who it's from, it would suggest that it was Marshall and uh. Swinkles, I don't think he did a lot wrong, only didn't get out of the way in the end. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand why Marshall didn't claim it when he came. It's like if he came, stopped, and then Swinkles stood there, stopped, and it just hit off. Swinkles went to the back and yeah. in the two of them were looking at each other going, I, I've no idea who was supposed to be coming for the ball, who was supposed to be calling for it. Like, you know, both of them were, there was no, there was no one with a NASA's roar of him. You know, they were under no pressure as well, which is the strange thing. Just one of those goals, a complete, uh, a complete freak goal, but it uh, didn't end up um, threatening the scoreline, really. And uh, as we say, Aston Villa march on to a home semi-final in probably, I would imagine, in the next 10 days or so when they announce the the date. But, oh, excuse me for yawning. Um, <laughs> I should really cut that out of the podcast, <laughs> but I probably won't. Um but yeah, that's uh, that. That was fantastic night. Great, great night football. Great to see it on BT as well. You know, these names are getting out there yeah. into into a broader sense. You know, I had a couple of a uh, couple of mates that don't support Aston Villa that have uh, have messaged me tonight. Like obviously yeah. talking about Kearney Chukmoeka and uh, Chukmoeka and uh, Louis Barry and. Uh, um yeah and and and, and yeah. obviously asking about Bogard when they had and they had googled him going is he really Winston Bogard yes he's <laughs> really Winston Bogard and yeah yes 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 his brother is as good if not better than him as well so hopefully he comes yeah. and plays with his brother as well oh you're, you're dead right about what you say there because I, I i had a couple of let's call them formidable coaches in in Ireland here that that messaged me today asking who they should be looking out for and and was there any Irish interest and all that kind of thing? So it it was nice to see um, players at that level on the telly because normally it's just reserved for the, for the final itself. So uh, it was good to see BT Sports take it on and you know ro- roll it out properly and give it the the, the coverage that it deserves. Because you know we we've been watching them for weeks and paying our one ninety nine and happy to happy to pay the one ninety nine. Oh yeah, because you know it's just been a joy to watch. Um, watch these guys all season, you know their 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 house. Even my wife knows them by name. That's that's how mad it's got this season. But I know we've nothing else to do. Like, but when she's uh when she's attempting to uh to you to to uh say Carney's name, it's it's actually quite funny. <laughs> that's what you call uh, indoctrination, Patty. That's um that's subliminal messaging that you've been doing for the last. Uh, Last 50, 20 years is 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 working, um. <laughs> but uh, no, absolutely. As I say, that's that that that's a great night's entertainment. And look, if there is anybody from the club listening, and uh, God knows there probably isn't, but uh, if there is anybody from the club listening, um, I think that fans would pay 30, 40 quid to watch all 
under 18, under 23 games. If if the broadcasting rights and capabilities were there, it's not that difficult. You know, you've proven you can do it this year. You know, one-off payment for a subscription to get to watch all the underage games. Mm. Hey, look, get it done because uh, might as well make hay while the sun shines because this batch of kids in the batch that are coming up after them and, and so on, there are people talking about them. So, you know, capitalize yeah. on this stuff. You know, it's only it might only be oh, small fry, so. but if you've if you've if you've ten thousand yeah. people who want to pay fifty quid to watch the kids, that's half a million quid. And I know that's only small potatoes, but that's mm. that could be the difference between between bringing up kids in the under tens, twelves, and thirteens, fourteens to become these new players. So, yeah, do it. Plus, plus that one ninety nine was going to the Aston Villa Foundation, which was also absolutely. And and so. and and look, who's to say that they don't do that again next year? I think it was a really nice touch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I hope I hope they don't forget that you know that, that people paid it this year because it, it's easy to say oh well you can come and watch them now or whatever you know Bodymore Heat is not the easiest place to get to even if you're in Birmingham so um you know put these games on the telly charge people for them we'll watch them we'll pay it you know fans will do that put it as part of your season ticket do whatever it is or put a reduced fee with your season ticket. There's no question that the, there is a, a market there to be tapped into. Yeah, absolutely. And look, if you want two fellas to commentate on it for free, we'll do it. Just send us the stream. <laughs> we'll do it for free. I do. I gladly do that. Um, I can get all the names right though. Um, I still can't. I I know how to pronounce Carney's surname, but an N just keeps on getting added in there for some strange <laughs> reason. I don't know, and I don't even know where I'm putting it in. It's different spots. It it, it jumps around in the middle of his name somewhere. So. Um, that's just me getting tongue-tied, so I do apologise to Carney and all his family for mispronouncing his name um, quite a lot. Uh, congratulations as well to Sean Verity and uh, was it Liam Bradbury that was on the was on the line um, as well? That was, uh, but congratulations to 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 the under eighteen uh, coaching staff because while we have praised the kids, Sean Verity said afterwards that it's you know they've been tasked with keeping these guys together from. Uh, an early age over the last two or three years together and keeping them together and, and allowing them to grow. So, so congratulations to them. They're, you know, they're every bit as, as pivotal to, to the Academy as, uh, as anyone else. And once again, Dean Smith, Captain Jack, John McGinn, you know, the, uh, Christian yeah. Perslow, all there to see them as well. And big Sam and his, uh, his big gold chain were there to see, he was there to see <laughs> West Brom, but look, it, it, this is great to see. It's great to see managers, senior managers taking interest in this. And uh, I think that's actually going to going, going to move us on to what, to the next part of the podcast. Um, we've spent the last half hour, and I didn't, you know, I'm delighted I'd spend another half hour talking about that team because they've really enthused me. As I said last night in the podcast, I'm really loving supporting Aston Villa. Not that I've ever not, but I'm really kind of getting a second wind about talking about Aston Villa now as the season comes to mm. close, which is a shame because we've only three more games left in the in the senior status. We've only one left in the youth status. Uh, you know, so uh, I want to... I just want to keep on talking about it, you know. So we're going to go straight into a Crystal Palace preview. Um, game obviously is on this Sunday. Uh, I'm going to get caught for the time again, Paddy. I, I should have gone. Is it 12? I knew it was an early game and it was an earlier game. So 12 o'clock on Sunday. So that means we'll be coming to you with a team sheet tantrum at 10 to 11. At ten fifty, we'll be coming to you with a team sheet tantrum. You really have to. You really have to excuse Paddy's hungover head because that's the way I'm going to be on Sunday morning. So <laughs> that's okay, and that's okay too, Paddy. That's okay too because uh, you know I'm sure you won't be the only person. But if our dulcet tones don't massage the hangover away from ninety percent of our listeners, then whose dulcet tones can do? But we're playing against the team. I think that you know you made a great point actually that you know they're not a million miles away from us in the league, whereas we would consider them having a pretty poor and uneventful and dour and yeah, just a pretty crappy season. You know, they're I think they're about eight points behind us in the league. Um, manager under fire looks like he's going to be gone the end of the season. What the, the longest serving manager in the league? I think he is. Um, yeah, and well, they haven't. Um, they- they, they're the kind of team I, I put them in a, in a bracket with, say, the likes of Burnley, Southampton, get up, do enough, and then tread water. It just seems to be how the trajectory of the season goes. Now, we've done the same this year. <laughs> you know, mm. they, they, they've got two wins in 10 games, and they're against Sheffield and West Brom um, in their last 10 games. So they haven't exactly been pulling up trees since they've got 
to relative safety. So um I think they're just happy with their lot. You know, they're not they're not a great side. Um memory serves me correct, we tore them apart in the first game. I thought Jesus, I can't even remember what the score was in the end. Was it three nil? Uh yeah. Yeah, okay. It was. Um yeah, just trying to <laughs> in that many games I'm trying to put my head back to it. Um yes, St. Stephen's Day, Boxing Day. I remember. Um yeah, so they, they they've been kind of on a a similar role well, run of results as ourselves. Um not expecting anything remarkable from them on Sunday with very little to play for, no chance of Europe. Um, as you say, the manager is probably in a little bit of trouble, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, what comes out of there t- towards the end of the season. Um, I don't know what they're looking for in a manager. I don't. I don't know where they go. Um, I, I don't know what's heavily coming. rumored that it's going to be overweight. Francis Frank Lampard that's going to get in there. So it's uh, which which actually just on a tangent there as well. I never understood why they called him Fat Frank because. He was never fat. You know? If he's fat, then I'm fucking in trouble. I'll tell you that much. I'm in big trouble if that's the case. But uh, yeah, it looks like it looks like they're talking about about Frank Lampard now. Whether that's just mm. um, whether that's just uh, an overactive agent or whatever the case is. But uh, you know, uh, yeah, I think it's probably time time enough for a change. You know, for for Crystal Palace, Hodgson has been there for long enough, and uh, you know, they're yeah. they're. They, they, they are what they are, you know, from a, from a defensive point of view, but from a attacking point of view, they're, you know, and hopefully it still says the same against uh, against us at the weekend. Um, speaking yeah, not, of it... Don't get me wrong, there's a, there's a lot going on in their team. Yeah. They just, they just don't seem to be gelling together at all. You know, they've got some remarkable talent in there, you know, the likes of Zaha, uh, Ayu, uh, Eze, who we've both spoken about in the past, mm. uh, who we would have loved to see to come to Villa when when he moved on, and then of course you've got Benteke, um, Andros Townsend is in there. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. They just can't seem to get them to gel together, and maybe that's why they're thinking about a new manager just to freshen things up and, and look at new ideas. Yeah, because they've they've got some really good players. Like their their defensive options in the center of defense. Are quite good, you know. Check out uh, Gary Cahill, um, Mamadou Sako. You know, they're they're all very yeah. good defenders. You know, they can all play centre half for sure. I like the look at Tyreek Mitchell uh, at at left back as well. He's been a fine for them over the last uh, over the last twelve months as well. Um, I think though, I think their midfield might struggle. I think their midfield might struggle. If James MacArthur is out for them, the amount of effort and, and ground that he covers, you know, if uh, I just like like our midfield struggles to dictate games uh, quite a lot, and we spend our time chasing chasing around around the field after players a good bit, and we're very passive in midfield. But I, I'm just not sure about what their midfield is, is going to look like. Um, mm. they're attacking three. They're, do you know what? They're attacking three. Are very similar. Their their wing players are very similar to ours. They've got the tricks and the and and, and the flicks and the uh, the unpredictability of Zaha, and then they've got the kind of sometimes sulky, sometimes uh, sometimes doesn't want to put his head where where it needs to be put in. Are you then in the other wing the same as sometimes like Al Ghazi is? And look, let's let's congratulate Anwar Al Ghazi in the provisional squad for the Dutch team for uh for the Euros as well, which is a great achievement for him, you know, because he has had a fantastic season. And uh, I know we I know we rib him about uh maybe yeah. a perceived lack of uh what did the head the ball, but uh he's been I fantastic. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say fantastic season though. He's he's had he's had some he's he's, he's gone on a fantastic run. Yeah well you can't take that away from him. But uh if if he could spread them out and score more of them we'd we'd be a lot happier. But as you say, congratulations to him if, if he makes it. Fair play to him. Yeah, he's uh, he's a goal one. I suppose if you if you total up the amount of, amount of minutes he's played, he's roughly I think about a one in two, uh, one in two record this season. Like the minute going by minutes, divide minutes by ninety, then yeah, uh, yeah. then go yeah. go by goals. Yeah, he's 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 about a one in two record, which ain't half bad. Um, and I think look, we've we've said it before. 
that uh, he's very much a player that, you know, you're going to know what you're going to get from him in the first 10, 15 minutes. You know, you're going mm. to know what way his game is going to go. Um, he's not a player that can really play himself into form in the middle of a game. He's either on it or he's off it. And that's, that's some players are like that. You know, some players are absolutely like that. Um, but, you know, he's going to finish out the season for Aston Villa, I think, this season. And he's going to, he's going to be here again next season, I would imagine. And, uh, you know, we... He, he's growing the whole time. I think he's only 25, 26. So let's see if he builds upon this and, and mm. those go- that goal tally again going into next year. Because, like, even if he if he scores eight goals from the bench next year, kind of like I'm going to say this very tongue in cheek, and it's not a case of where I think he is Riyad Mahrez, but the way that, that Man City get goals from the bench from Riyad Mahrez, you know, and in spot situations. Uh, like we've seen what he did, he he's he was the man who's propelled them um, against Paris Saint Germain into the into the Champions League final because he scored three goals I think over the two legs. And you know all you need for him, all you need for Gazi and for the spot players is to get hot once or twice in the big games when you absolutely need them, and mm. uh, and then they proved their worth. But um, I, I I think I think lad is gonna gonna hinge upon uh having jack back ollie watkins will slot back in again at center forward i think that's an absolute given um there seems to be no real update on matty cash i wonder is he going to be okay paddy i wonder was it just i wouldn't think so i wouldn't think so i I, well jesus might even be embarrassing if he was the way he went off look we don't know what the injury is it seemed like a hamstring injury if it's a hamstring injury i i just can't see I, I just can't see anyway. I don't. Was there a press conference today? I missed it. If there was, no, I normally, didn't see it either. Normally, I get a ping on my phone with a few uh, uh, little snippets from it, but that didn't happen today. So I presume there wasn't. No, I um, might get one in the morning or something. Might get one tomorrow. The, the players are probably off today, or they're probably rehabbing after last night. So, um, yeah, probably a little bit too close to the game. Yeah. Uh like who scored and and physio room and all those seem to have Matty Cash as available to play, but then again maybe they only updated based on press conferences as well. Yeah. Um, but I, it's I'd yeah. say he probably only got a scan today. I'd say it hasn't even been discussed or spoken about or whatever. Probably have mm. a better idea tomorrow if 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 Dean Smith does face the press. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, either way, as we've spoken at length about Ahmed Mohamedi in uh, in the previous podcast, you know he will he will slot in right back. Um, cool. I I think for all the praise we gave Kane Head and Kessler as well in that game tonight, you can still see a small bit of rawness from him. Uh, yeah. As we say, he pops up in the box. Maybe like it's it's probably yet to be written where he's where his final position is if he does make it or when he does make mm. it to the senior squad. Um, I think he will be a right back. Um, you know, but uh, maybe a bit of positional discipline or something at that level. Yeah. Um, and I trust your speed all the time. Might be something he needs to learn. He's going to be a fantastic player for Aston Villa. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I'm trying to figure out maybe why everybody says why isn't Ken Hedlund Kessler playing? Why isn't he in there? And you, you know, for a full back, uh, having positional sense and, and being able to, you know, being able to keep that yeah. that that kind of that that unit of a back four together. Um, even simple things like you know not getting caught over the top so that your centre halves don't have to be spread out. You know, little bits like that, especially now that David or that Douglas Louise is playing a small bit more forward. Um, I was yeah. looking at, at a couple of starting positions for him. He is starting a bit more forward in in midfield uh, over the last few games. So uh, it is important that our centre halves are a small bit more compact and don't spread out across the field as much in that instance. So um, Ahmed El Mahabadi will probably come in there right back. Or, yeah, right back. What way do you think our midfield three starts, Paddy? Um, I anticipate the, I anticipate the same uh, two at the bottom of the three. I think mm-hmm. I think we'll see McGinn and Louise again. I think the only change we're going to see is I think we'll see Jacob Ramsey play in front of them on Sunday, and I I, I I'm not I'm not having a go at, at Barkley. I just think. Uh, he has two games left with us. I, I'd rather see Jacob Ramsey get get the nod, and I think that might be G- Dean Smith's way of thinking. I could be way off the mark. We could see, we could very well see Barkley start, but for me, I think it's got to be Ramsey. I think he's got it got to freshen it up a little bit. And who knows? It could be Jack. 
That's what I was going to say. You stole my thunder. Yeah. I'm I'm predicting Jack starts in the central role. What makes a change? Because... You usually do that to me. Yeah. Yeah, usually they do, yeah. But I, I, th- I think Jack starts in a central role. I think he's going to reward El Ghazi, Traore, and uh, play Watkins up top because, look, yes, we haven't been winning games and they've been in and out of it, but, mm. you know, um, we'd be fucked without him. Put it that way. We'd be absolutely screwed without the two of those guys um, in there on the wings. Uh, they've scored some pivotal goals this season and, uh, you know, they've, 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 look, they haven't been absolutely brilliant, but... And they've been infuriating, I think, is the word. And I think that's what it is. People get really frustrated with them because they do some silly things, but they popped up with goals at the right time. So I think they might, the two of them might be rewarded. And I think we might see Jack in the middle and, uh, and McGinn and, and, and Louise there as well. But look, once again, I think that uh, I don't think we will see Ross Barkley. Um, but every time we say that we don't think we'll see Ross Barkley, there he is. And he pops up there in that position the whole time. And, you know, it, it'll be, it will be interesting to see if uh, if Dean Smith, uh, because if Dean Smith does play him, because if he does play, you know, the first thing that's going to be on Twitter is, what was his contract? Was there a clause in his contract? Does he have to play X amount of games? And and so on. And I'm not here for conspiracy theories. No. I'm here for facts. Yeah. Thank you very much. I, I don't I don't think the, that those kind of contracts exist. I, I, I feel that... The, the methods to the madness of playing Barkley all the time. And it's not it's madness. It's just a figure of speech. Um, we paid a lot of money for him for a loan. We're paying a lot of his wages and our high wages. So they're playing him to try and get the best out of him. Mm. It, ha- it hasn't worked out more than likely. He's not going to sign for his next season. But yeah. I, I think, I think if you, if you ask somebody to compare the loan that we had last year with, Danny Drinkwater and the loan that we had this year with Barkley, I think people are going to see Barkley in a completely different light. Mm. So, you know, we had we had some magic moments with him. He, he had he, he, his early season form was absolutely incredible. He showed signs of it in the last few games, but he was non-existent the last night. So I don't know whether that's tiredness or what it is, but uh, I just for me, I don't see him this weekend. Paddy. Can you name our top three goals? Our top three goal scorers in the league this season. Top three goal scorers in the league: Watkins and Warburton. Yes. In that yep. order. In that order. Yep. Yep. And then Jack, you know, Burton, Troy, and Jack Reedish would have second league. Yeah, just interesting. Just an interesting piece. Um, yep. Also, Paddy. I love question time with Paddy. Question time with Paddy. <laughs> it's question time with Paddy. Um, when was the last time we beat Palace in Selhurst Park? Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those questions where you'd say, should we beat him every time we play him in Selhurst Park? <laughs> no, he's been on a really bad run there from what I can yeah, yeah. remember. It's not. It's not a. It's not a place that holds many happy memories for me because I spent a long time hanging around the uh, Millwall Football Club in my youth, so I don't have any love for Crystal Palace. Plus, uh, myself and and Del Boy, who comes into our uh, <laughs> team sheet, our, uh, our team sheet tantrum. We we went down to Selhurst Park. And I swear to God, it, it took us about uh, two hours to get back to. To, to Camberwell, which is should only be about twenty minutes away, so <laughs> it's an absolute shit all of a place to get in and out of. Great atmosphere when you get there, mm. um, and it, it just doesn't hold any decent memories for me. But uh, all all of the memories with Villa always just seem to be poor games and poor results. And uh, let's not forget what happened last season when. Yeah. Uh, Henry Lansbury scored a perfectly good goal, but Kevin Friend had already blown his whistle. Mm. 2014, last time we beat, uh, we won in. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually surprised it's that close because that's yeah. only that's only what three games ago. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's only three games ago. Uh, Crystal Palace are on a bad run of form. They've lost four of the last five in the Premier League as well. You know, so uh, they're like they're the epitome of team that have the have the beach balls inflated and the and the flip flops on as well. Um, a strange one for you here as well, Paddy. That we've kept uh, we've kept clean sheets in five of the last seven matches against Crystal Palace too. So for <laughs> that's like like the, the, there's a weirdness in those statistics. So a lot of them must have been bore draws. 
against Crystal Palace, you know, over the years. Yeah. But uh, but that that's an interesting one. Um, what do you think that the the result is going to be against uh, Crystal Palace, Paddy? Putting you on the spot. I I think Jack is going to start, and we're going to win easy, and it's going to be a comfortable two 0 win. Yeah, I'm going to go with three 0 just because I'm as I said, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm feeling energized about Aston Villa at the moment. I'm excited about the off season. I'm I'm thoroughly pleased with a lot of lot of what I've seen today. Um, with the youth team of what I've seen over the course of this year being their ups and downs I'm looking forward already to the next season this season hasn't even begun so I'm going to go 3 nil, 3-0 Aston Villa and Emmy Martinez will take that big massive golden glove uh, I hope I presume there's some sort of a massive golden glove for him um, <laughs> if he does break the record if there isn't there should be shame oh, on anybody who doesn't give him insurance yeah. who doesn't give him one Um. Yeah, so I I think that uh, I think that we've got a great chance of doing that at the weekend and, and putting on a show, putting on one last show um before we get into Spurs and, and Chelsea. And look, anything can happen from there on out. You know, get over the fifty points, anything can happen from there on out. We're unlikely to make Europe, but let's go and finish above Leeds and Arsenal as well. Chase those positions. Each position I think is two and a half million uh, extra money in the pot. And while we do have wealthy benefactors over us, you know. Money is money, guys. I think you know, no one ever turns it down. So if you can uh if we can strive to get those extra two positions in the league, that's an extra five million. That pays the wages of 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 a top player. Um and you know, as I say, money is money in these tight situations that we're in at the moment. So we're we're very optimistic. Uh probably buoyed on by that great under 18 performance tonight um you've gotten a two for one in this podcast tonight with a pre a review of the under 18 game and um and the the crystal palace preview as well uh we will be back with a team sheet tantrum as i say at 10 minutes to 11 so for those of you who use uh, the digital watch that is 10 and then the two dots 50 that's when we will be on on Sunday. Paddy will be hungover. His voice will be about 10 octaves lower. Um, I'll be fine because I'm on the coffee uh, this weekend. Although next weekend, I will be um, like, uh, I'll be a Neanderthal man with the alcohol, I think, for the weekend. Because it'll be the first time I've been let loose in about 14 months. Uh, it'll only be for one night, but I'll come I'll come back home crawling on, on all fours and my hair will have grown out. My beard will be down to my ankles, I think, at that stage because it's uh, a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, I think will happen next weekend. But I'm looking forward to it, uh, meeting a few friends. But uh, that's what it's all about, I suppose, really. Um, you know, things are beginning to open up and everybody really stay safe and whatever you do, do it with an element of safety in mind. And um, I know I said there that I'd be like the Neanderthalic man coming home, but I say that in jest. Uh, it's just great to great to have all these things kind of coming together and 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 a bit of normality coming back uh, to lives to our lives as well. So as always, thanks everybody for listening. You can get Paddy on at Philip Paddy. You can get me on at Love McGrath Pod. Um, you know, games are coming thick and fast, and we've only got about two weeks left in the, left in the whole European football calendar before we settle into Euro twenty twenty one for the summer as well. Uh, so as I mentioned, we'll be back at ten fifty on Sunday for a team sheet tantrum. And in the meantime, everybody, as I say, stay safe. And all that's left to say is up the villa, up the villa. Podcast Network.